Welcome to the Week in IndyCar and the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. I believe they have some cool new shirts going on there about some guy named Johnson, by the way. Jimmy, you're not too far away from qualifying at St. Petersburg. How you doing? How you feeling? Back-to-back race weekends. You know, the back-to-back part is really good. And there's so many new things. So for me to really get into the procedures of a race weekend and the interaction with the team, the flow of uh, each day and building up to pew and the building up to race. Um, this is, this, these are great reps for me, honestly. So things are going well. Uh, my first experience on a street course has, has been mind blowing and so much fun and uh, making, making gains as I go here, you know, the track's getting faster. So everybody else is making gains too, but um you know, I'm, I feel like I'm in a good spot and ready to start, you know, attacking more and more as I go here. I love it. Well, why don't we uh, dive right in? This show is uh, powered by fans, your fans. So why don't we jump right in here and start off with uh, the Hoff God at the Hoff God on Twitter. That's a great name. Uh, it says, Jimmy, what was it like starting your IndyCar career by picking your way through a huge wreck? Says the commentary team compared it to avoiding a wreck at Talladega. Any thoughts on that comparison? Yeah, there's a lot of steering left and right uh, instead of going straight when you're supposed to be going straight. What was that like? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's not what I was expecting for my first race. And there was a moment where uh, I was exiting turn four and thought my first race is only going to be four corners. You've got to be kidding me. So it, it, uh, you know, it all worked out well for me. And I think Hinchcliffe, straightened me out uh, at the end of the crash. I was kind of crossed up and uh, we came together in a way that didn't hurt our cars, but it straightened me up. So I, I thanked him when I saw him this weekend here in St. Pete, but yeah, just chaos. I mean, there's somebody off in the dirt between turns one and two and I overreacted there. So when I came around to four and saw a little puff of dust on the left side of the road, I thought, oh, it's no big deal. And then I could just see cars being cleaned out in front of me. And I thought, oh man, you know, lock them down and get this thing stopped. Jesus. Yeah. Well, who says Canadians aren't the kindest people in the world, right? Look at, look at Hinch trying to take care of his guy here. Well, well exactly. thanks, thanks to him for that. Why don't we go to uh, Zach Burcham uh, and Robbie Bergen have similar questions. Zach says, Jimmy, what was your favorite part of your first race in IndyCar? You know, the experience of driving an IndyCar is so much more than I expected and, you know, it's so much more than what you can uh, in, imagine from watching on television or in person. It, it is such a blast to drive. Stops, goes, turns, uh, you know, all the sensations that you deal with, the two forces you feel, it, um, it is more than advertised. So, so that's the part that I'm having an absolute blast with. Follow-up to that. From Robbie Bergeron, curious about either most surprising or challenging part of your first race. We know uh, Romain Groschamp, for example, doing his first, coming out of years in F1 with power steering and such. He said physically he was just worked after Barber. You're a, a fit guy. How are you doing after uh, 90 laps there at uh, good old Alabama? Yeah, I saw Romain following the race in uh he said a f- couple four-letter words in French that got me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw Pato, and his hands were all chunked out and blistered. And I, I, I wasn't blistered, and I, I certainly um, you know, wasn't as fatigued as Roland, but 
I wasn't going as fast as either one of them either. So maybe well, there's a difference in that. But, uh, you know, the pit fit guys have done a great job of getting me ready. And, um, you know, I, that wasn't what was holding me back. It's just the commitment level required um, is a big part of it. And then I, I honestly, the second stint, I, I thought I was helping myself with adjustments in the car. And I took the front and rear roll bar in the wrong directions. It just made the car tough to drive. And my NASCAR life, the track always slows down and grip goes away. And I made a comment on the radio about, you know, track evolution and just tracks given up. And the team knew better. They're like, oh, no, not here. Like, cars get faster and better and more grip. So they gave me some positions to put the, the bars into. And I did that and picked up over a second and was right back in the game. So a little bit of inexperience bit me. Um, you know, but lessons learned and, and trying to move forward and not do that again. Yeah, Jimmy, how dare you not be a master of IndyCar in your first <laughs> race? You need to retire now. Uh, let's see. What do we go to a Bodan Klemensky who says, did you feel relief to learn your first IndyCar race would be at Barber with some runoff area compared to St. Pete with those very friendly concrete walls waiting to say hello I guess it's maybe a nice segue into how things have been going this weekend as well. Hey, you're doing your first street race. Yeah, I feel like the the later start was good for me. I was able to get some more sim time, to get some more um, training in to, to be ready. So I didn't mind the later start and certainly the order change in the, the schedule. And of the tracks that the IndyCar Series races on, you know, I've spent two days in a Formula 3 car at Barber and had two test sessions at Barber in the IndyCar. So it, I was very happy that that was the start of uh, the season for me so I could you know, be in a somewhat familiar environment. We move to a question to our, from our friend Louise Smith, who continues to do an amazing job, Jimmy, of, of kicking cancers behind. She sent in a note, said, Hey, Jimmy, what have you noticed different about the culture of IndyCar versus the culture of NASCAR? And she says, this isn't a bash NASCAR question. She's a fan of both, but... Just curious what you've seen observationally of culture change in this new world of yours versus the old. Yeah, and I, I by no means want to bash either. Um, that's a great question and something that me and my family are, are truly enjoying. But, you know, the truth in it all is it's just wildly different. Um, I would say Barber was more similar to a, a NASCAR-style weekend where we stayed in the motorhome, right? And, uh, my family was nearby at a friend's house in Tuscaloosa. But I went through the motions and you know, stayed at track and sure the environment was different, but closer to what I've lived and experienced. Then I roll into St. Pete and, you know, I'm staying, you know, 10 blocks away and I walk to the track every day and on my way to the track, I grab a bagel and a coffee and <laughs> hit the crossover bridge and come in. I mean, I've, nice. I've never walked to work before in my life. So it's like, wow, this is so different, but you know, inside the paddock, here it is uh you know there's a really neat brotherhood that exists and i think the fact that the schedule is so much shorter you know there's just a different atmosphere and a lot more light-hearted environment inside of the indycar paddock that I'm, I'm really enjoying i'm gonna go to jamie carr on a theme that continues to develop he says after seeing the rookie stickers on your golf cart at barber is a curious if there are any familiar similar or maybe different rookie uh, hazing traditions between cup and IndyCar 
Uh, look, we already know Dixie and the rest of your team, Kanan, they're not going to let up. But uh, curious if this feels anything like when you were a pup in NASCAR. And are you working on anything to get some of those uh, people back at your own team here at Ganassi? <laughs> no, there's, we're having some fun. Uh, but I feel like they've had kid gloves on with me so far. So I'm, I'm happy to accept the little bit of torture I'm receiving um, I even have my own hat that I wear. It says rookie on it. So ultimately, <laughs> I, I think it's gone well. Um, we're giving Polo a bit of a hard time because he just, in a very polite way, at dinner in Barber, mentioned that um, I'm older than his father. So that got Dario's <laughs> attention. It got mine, and we all had a good laugh out of it. So we're riding him a little bit. Or I'm riding him a little bit, but just at a, at a good spirit. So. Uh, you know, I'm afraid to push too hard because I have heard some of these legendary stories. Uh, I heard some Dan Weldon stories the other day of, of Kanan and Frank Keaty getting, getting Danny in some, some instances. And I just I can't believe the levels these guys will go to to mess with one another. So I'm trying not to end up, you know, in the ditch in that environment. Yeah, I'm just saying a preemptive strike, though, because between Frank Keaty and Kanan, those two have, well, they're old and kind of retired, at least one of them, way too much time in their hands. They're, they're plotting constantly. We can guarantee that. So yeah, preemptive. I can confirm Dario's plotting. Yeah. He's nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> here's a question from our pal Steve Kowalczyk that I love, and I hope to explore more with you here in the future. It says, Jimmy, what are some of your favorite memories of the Mickey Thompson Stadium Series? He's curious if any of the skills you learned – uh, flying a thousand feet in the air might apply to IndyCar. I know about that one, but folks might not have a full appreciation of your pre NASCAR career. Mickey Thompson series. Good Lord. One of the greatest things that the universe has ever created. Yeah, I agree. A great form of racing. And I feel like those stadium days, um, give me a little bit of uh, a look into street course racing. Um, tight environments, the commitment level required. You have to be on instantly to, to make stuff happen. So I do see some similarities. I can't say that I've carried a lot over, but the intensity, the confined quarters, it at least feels familiar to me. Mm. Uh, but gosh, that was I don't know, almost 30 years ago now, so I can't say I've pulled much from then to now, but it is, uh, it is similar. That was more than an Alex Pillow ago, I think, since we're That's using fair. him as a yes, as a reference of, t- of of time and age. Why don't we go to uh, our pal Jeremiah Morell from Indiana? He says, Jimmy, what is your plan for the month of May? Obviously, you're not racing at the 500, but he wonders, are you going to hang out on the 48 stand and observe with TK? Are you going to make runs to the good old mug and bun for the team? <laughs> uh, <laughs> curious what your mindset is, knowing that ovals aren't on your racing schedule, but uh, you're going to turn up and uh, at least be Tony Cannon's number one fan. Yeah, I'll be around. I, I want to see it. Um, I want to learn as much as I can about the ovals. I certainly want to support my team. And, and most of all, I have never experienced an Indy 500 in person. So uh, I'm that we'll have 40% capacity somewhere in that ballpark, have some life and energy in, in the uh, track itself. And I, I look forward to, to you know, watching my first Indy 500 live. So beautiful photos of you and your, your wife, daughters and whatnot, I think on the grid at Barber. I know we're only one race, you know, one and a half races into your IndyCar shift, Jimmy, but 
what's the uh what's the report card like at home so far is it hey dad husband this feels a little too busy like uh things in cup or is it you getting positive feedback about the different flow what's what's the family reaction no family reaction is, is awesome i mean i have a ton of support you know i'm a busy body and never sit still so um, i think my wife in some ways is relieved that i i have something to focus on she's busy running an art gallery in, in charlotte and you know, certainly has her career and, and the things she's working on so if i showed up with nothing to do and just kept you know asking her hey what are we doing today i think she would she'd run me out the door so uh great support from her my kids you know all the new that we're experiencing certainly fun uh so we're honestly having a great time doing this awesome let's see why don't we go to an iRacing question from luke philippone says jimmy Noticed last year during the uh, the iRacing events that were televised, your uh, sim rig was set up, seemed like it was imitating a uh, open-wheel race car seating position, more recline. Curious if any of that sim racing in general uh, was beneficial to you when you finally got to climb into an IndyCar for the first time. Yeah, I bought that rig and had that seating position um, intentionally to help with you know, sports car, IndyCar stuff. Um, it did not work well for the NASCAR stuff I was doing when the pandemic first hit. So I ended up with a second rig for a little while that was more traditional NASCAR style and backup steering rig. wheel and ratios. Yeah, backup rig. Um, but I, I still have my IndyCar rig now and, and try to run laps on it. it. It's tough to not get pulled in to chase lap time, but the properties of the car and the dynamic of the car and the track is different than the real thing. So I'll run for a little while, but as soon as I get into setup changes and get too deep into it, I've been advised just to just to stand back, right? Like just use it, use it in, in a certain way. So I'm trying to identify that. But again, I'm a busybody and I can't just sit around and not not work on things. Uh, but we have a huge archive of videos, and I find that um, I'm on my you know company computer, tech, you know, turn uh, dialed into the server and just watching in car lap after lap after lap trying to familiarize myself with anything that I can. Got a great question here from Will Flanders. And this isn't just a, a cheap pandering to your uh, sponsor in Carvana. This is something that honestly, Robin Miller recognized. I recognize, I think a lot of folks who've been around IndyCar for a long time. Remember the heyday, Jimmy, probably in the nineties of great advertisements from whether it was target to the automotive companies to beer companies, big deal. Uh, Will Flanders says, it seems like Carvana is making a huge investment in IndyCar racing with advertising, your car, prominent in-race promotions. Uh, says, hey, on your side, is it a challenge to become the, quote, face of the sport it feels like so early in your open-wheel career? Or does it just feel like a continuation of your Cup Series role? It's a great question. Great qu commercials, by the way, Jimmy. They're, they're seriously uh, something we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah, I'm, you know, first and foremost, so thankful for the relationship with Carvana. Uh, they're a, a growing company with young, young founder, young leadership, and I just think that, you know, they they do it right and they have a great pulse on things. They know their customers. They're excited about their first endeavor in motorsport. Um, they understand the opportunity with me and this crossover that's taking place. So, they they've nailed it. They, they're they're a great great partner to have involved. Um, I didn't realize how much those commercials would run and how much I would be on camera for my first race, but I heard it, it was quite a bit. Um, 
I, I hope that, you know, I'm up in there passing cars and mixing it up here before long. And I kind of earned my right for that, <laughs> that TV time out of doing good things and being on pace. But, um, you know, I, I knew there would be a lot of attention to me coming over here. And, and I'm so happy to help bring more eyeballs. Hopefully it's one of those situations where high tides, you know, raise all ships and, um, you know, I noticed that the viewership numbers were up, the social media engagement was up. Um, you know, there's a very strong rookie class, which we all bring um, some new new faces and eyeballs to the sport. So uh, I think IndyCar is off to a great start looking at the matrix that I've seen from, uh, again, from TV and social media. And um, I, I, I hope to be a part of growing the sport in 2021 and beyond. Well, I just hope that we're going to get to see you rock up maybe for your first day, maybe for race day, the Indy 500 in the, uh, the jeans, the jean jacket, the bedazzled one from the commercial. I mean, come on, man, you gotta do that. That would be the best thing oh, in yeah, the world. Oh yeah, just crushing hard boiled eggs. That would be the move. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to the last couple of questions here, Jimmy, and then, uh, let you go do work. Uh, our pal JJ Gertler says tidy run. At uh, Barber, I loved your comment, uh, by the way, about just needed a couple of stage breaks and a couple lucky dogs and everything would have been good. Um, He says, were you surprised at the lack of damage to your car after banging wheels with Hinch? And he also asks, how is the IndyCar vocabulary coming along? These things can take a punch, Jimmy, that's for sure. Yeah, I was surprised um, the contact that we made that I was okay. until right away the steering wheel was straight and that was fine but i assumed something was missing or tore off the car so learned a little there but yeah a couple stage breaks and a lucky dog or two would have been been fantastic that was the biggest eye-opening thing for me is just how you know it can go green and and that's it like you're you're in your own little space on the track and fighting for that little you know bubble that's in and around you um you don't really get a chance to bunch up and get a shot at the leaders or or make up track position on the leader so that you don't go down a second lap or a third lap. So quite a, quite a bit different flow of the race than, than what I'm used to. And I, I felt really good about my Saturday at Barber. Um, Sunday, I just made too many mistakes. Um, I, I know I left time on the table Saturday, but for where I am right now, you know, I got most of it. Sunday, I felt like I just left too much on the table and uh, studied hard since and trying to trying to fix that for this weekend and of course moving forward so our uh one of our last questions here comes from nick dovniak and he's trying to cite me on i think my show last week when I was, we were talking about race intros and i'll ask you the the main question here about indy 500 driver intros in a moment but however the question came up uh i think your name was mentioned and i said look i want to see ww wwe style intros and uh on race days and mentioned that i don't know why but it felt like you doing some sort of stone cold steve austin type entrance would be uh really the best so i don't know if you're a wwe (laughs) fan or grew up watching wwf but are there any wrestler intros that you think of you're like oh yeah that's me let's do it no i don't but i would say the the intro that I always loved was, uh, I believe it's Sammy Sosa would come in to enter Sandman when he'd come in a relief pitch for the Yankees. I think I have the right player. I'm not a good stick and ball guy either, but 
um, he would come in and they'd play that Inner Sandman song from Metallica, and I'm a huge Metallica fan, so I just thought that was always super rad. And then I guess I would pick the Metallica song probably. Uh, Nothing Else Matters has always been kind of an anthem for uh, the NASCAR 48 team. Um, so I'd probably be somewhere in that Metallica range just playing playing something with a bunch of guitar. Well, I'll throw in this one again. Hopefully, maybe next year we'll make it happen at the Indy 500. Connor Daly was talking about how he had hoped to be able to ride, uh, I think he said a buffalo, uh, onto the <laughs> intro ramp, right? Because they do the, for each row, they do the big driver intros for the Indy 500. So I've been asking every driver if you could bring an animal uh, to do your Indy 500 intro what would it be? And they've ranged from f- birds, uh, land-based. I think Rossi chose a dolphin or something, a shark maybe. So uh, future-minded, what would Jimmy Johnson, uh, what would your animal be that you brought up there with you on the stage? Man, I'm riding in on a jackass. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> with a sombrero on, the, the donkey, and possibly myself. And actually... I don't know if you call it winning, but I won a donkey at an auction for uh, Kyle Petty's Victory Junction Gang Camp. And uh, there was two donkeys named Chips and Salsa. And on the donkey where the saddle would be on one side literally was like a little area for chips. And then the other side was Salsa. So I think I would have some kind of theme in this ballpark comes to mind quickly. And that's, of course, before my wife hears about my idea and then edits it. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll try and hold off on telling her about that a donkey. Oh, man. I mean, no one's going to pick that. That's the best already. All righty. Well, we're going to close. It's not a question. It's just a statement sent in from our pal Stephen White. It says, hey, Jimmy, just a simple thank you for bringing more eyes to the sport. Got to share the same. Looking forward to uh, race two for you and all the races that start coming for you and you really start getting into the groove, Jimmy. And it's just great having you here as a part of this IndyCar family. I appreciate it. It's been a very warm welcome, and I'm, I'm so thankful from people in the paddock, media, uh, yourself, fans abroad. Uh, thank you very much. This has really been a childhood dream of mine, and uh, super excited to, to be in the, on the grid and enjoying it.